Hello and welcome to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. Pistol and I are back this week after a short sabbatical. How are you feeling, Pistol? <laughs> Much better this week than last, that's for certain. Although, Supercoach-wise, I'm feeling absolutely terrible, JB. Yeah, I think you and I are both in similar positions. Maybe me not so bad as you. I'll go first. I scored 23-47 and dropped eight ranks to 301. So not too bad, Pistol. How was your week? <laughs> yeah, okay, well... I managed to score 2,100 on the dot. Um, oh, no. Yeah, thanks to... I've got a Zorko 55, a Sloan 50, a Rockler 57, uh, Pendlebury 83, we should say Tom Lynch 58. Obviously, most people have got the Dalhouse 76. But my favourite one was loopholing um, gone this week with Nank, which left me with no cover when Yo was out, so I copped a donut. Oh, no. So... <clears throat> I managed to fall from just outside the top 500 to just outside the top 1,500, JB. Yeah, copying a Yonut isn't ideal at any stage, but especially not when you're really fighting for rankings. Well, I liked the Yonut firstly, um, but <laughs> falling to 1,500 when I haven't been outside the top 1K since round three, uh, that's uh, yeah, a bit of pill to swallow. And now my team is in all sorts of trouble after this weekend as well, which I will get through um, well, shortly. I'm still ranked 301, so, you know, you still got a, a good horse to bet on. No, oh, I'd rather just uh, bet on the, the Chizo horse. Hopefully he's uh, he's coming home strong, so... Oh, come on. <laughs> well, I should say, um, you did manage to lose a pivotal head-to-head match with my girlfriend this week, and she just wants me to let you know that um, she's a superior supercoach player. Well, all I need to do in this instance is point to the scoreboard, and that's ranking, um, so... So, not not sure where she, Mrs. Pistol's ranked, but surely it's not 301. Well, it's uh, not too far behind, and there's still, uh, what, six weeks to go, <laughs> five weeks to go. Anyone can win. Except right, time to start giving bad <laughs> advice on the podcast then, because I know she listens. Only to you, actually, not to me, anyway. Uh, that's probably smart, considering your new rank anyways. Oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> All right, we'll jump straight into the round recap this week, and it was Essendon flogging the St. Kilda Saints with the first game of the round. And Michael Hurley, a 543k defender, has done almost no wrong this season. If for some reason you were upgrading a defender, say Newman, you still had him there sitting with a, a bank role, um, would you be looking at Hurley as probably one of your first options? Oh, 100%. He's just been unreal form. I mean, any defender that has a five-round average of 115 is doing something right. It's not because he's you know got a couple of... or one massive score. He's just every week... Very consistent tonning up. I mean, he's only in 6.7% of teams as well. He's kind of flown under the radar for the entire season because early on he was averaging like 95, which was good enough, but but everyone was upgrading to the 100 targets. And now the last couple of weeks he's just taken it to a whole new level. He's upped his season average to 102, and he would be top of my priority list if I uh, was looking at getting in a defender this week. Yeah, no doubt at all. And if you look 100k cheaper, a man who's got back-to-back tons, we know him as someone that was averaging close to 100 last year. Shane Savage, 125 this week. He's only just returned to footy. It looks like he's returning to form. At 412k, if you're really short on cash, is he a decent option or is he someone to avoid? Well, given he uh, came into the team when Webster was suspended, I'm not sure... Um, given Webster's coming back this week, that he's uh, your man if you need a cheap defender option. But he's certainly a good draft prospect if uh, he's sitting there on your waivers. Yeah, no doubt at all. Zach Merritt put up the 120, which is great for the owners. Um, him and Lockie Neal, we had an argument about him a few weeks ago. 
They're really just going um, tit for tat at the moment, so both of them have just worked out as great picks as we both expected. It was good to see Robertson pop out a 101. He was a bit down on form. Um, a lot of people had thought his, uh, well, a lot of people rightly assumed his role had changed, which it had. Um, maybe Webster out was good, but he was replaced by Shane Savage. Robertson was just slotting into the hole as the extra defender all game in this one and taking marks like there was no tomorrow. Yeah, he had a lot of intercept marks. This was a perfect game for him. Um, Essendon were just kind of, I guess, bombing it in why, why they had so many um, entries as well. Obviously, they won by 10 goals, so this was just a good game for Robertson. But I don't expect Saints to get flogged every week, um, so maybe it was a bit of a fortunate game for him. Yeah, probably, and it was Billings with not a too, um, not a great score of just 66 off the 18 disposals, a bit of a down one. Saints were flogged. You'd expect that from most um, most forwards if their team were down by that margin. Um, should Billings owners be worried, or should people trading him in um, maybe look for other options? Well, it's a bit of nervous times for Billings owners. He's got a three-round average now of 70, which is pretty poor. Obviously, um, like the seven games before that, he was averaging over 100. I think um, Eddie Had Stadium definitely favours um, the Saints play style, and especially Billings. I think maybe that's been Captain Obvious, and they don't have too many Eddie Had Stadiums left, so I would be a little bit concerned um, if I was a Jack Billings owner, but there's not much you can do about it. It's not like you're going to trade out Jack Billings. Um, maybe he wouldn't be my number one trade-in target as a forward, though. Yeah, I think we should definitely be looking elsewhere. The next game in the round was Geelong versus Hawthorne, and just an amazing game, um, mostly looking at one man, Patrick Dangerfield. Now, he looked gone and out. He was limped off, um, helped off the ground, sorry, with a heavy, heavy limp. A lot of people were um, likening it to the Crips situation, where he ended up with a broken leg. Dangerfield shook it off, came back, just a 20 disposals pistol, but 12 marks and 5 goals 6. He was just clunking them up in the forward line and booting goals like there was no tomorrow. Selwood said it was Gary Ablett Senior-esque. Now, I have no doubt that if this man played stay-at-home stay home forward all year, he'd probably win a Coleman medal. How good was it to see him? Dangerfield injured, pop him up forward. 140-plus still. I feel very fortunate um, that he's just superhuman, was able to score that well um, playing as a stay-at-home forward. Um, I was actually a bit unwell and missed this match, JB, and then I hear it's like game of the season as well, so pretty upset uh, to miss out, but it looked like a um, decent super coach game for a couple of uh, top performers. Yeah, including Tom Mitchell, who had 136 off 43 disposals. Obviously not ideal, um, such a high disposal rate, but two goals in that one as well, so Definitely used a lot of them wisely. He was great. He was all over the ground, um, just racking him up as he does best. And Mitch Duncan in this one, a 108, a decent POD for some who had traded him in a few weeks ago. He's definitely not scoring the sub-tons like we're seeing from the Zorkos and just about every other premium midfielder at the moment. Um, Joel Selwood, 94. He's down to 450k. He had 30 disposals and a goal. Um, maybe his score impacted by the fact that his last quarter wasn't great. Would you be looking at Selwood as your main number one M9 or even replacement for one of the people that we'll talk about later? Um, 450k, that is just value you can't pass up. Well, you said it yourself, it's value that you just can't pass up, JB. 451k is an insane price for Joel Selwood. Um, they do play games at um, Simmons Stadium to finish the year as well, and you know when he plays there, he's going to score like 120 as well. So he's certainly a great trading option at that price. 
Yeah, no doubt. Um, next game was Port Adelaide beating North Melbourne by 70 points. And it was the Chad Wingard try, 157, just great by him. Um, not a lot of big names in this one, but if you traded in Patrick Ryder a few weeks ago, 105, but probably facing a physical during the week as he ended the game with an iced ankle, I believe. Um, I dare say he'll play. I'd say he's probably at 80% um, for playing, as he, he did play after doing that ankle injury and then was just rested for the last 10 minutes when... Um, I mean, they were up by 10 goals, so nothing nothing huge to worry about. Um, Sean Higgins, 85. 26 disposals pistol and a goal. He's 430k. Is he actually a half-decent trading option, or are we just avoiding Higgins? JB, you, you just got to get over Higgins. I think <laughs> he's on so many people's never-again list, even especially after this season. He's a five-round average of 87, a three-round average of 85. He's just not that good. <laughs> That's consistent pistol. Not many players are going around that 90 mark in the forward line. Look, it's 90 flat. Um, I don't think he's a top trading option in the forward line. I think if you have him, you'll just you'll take it for the rest of the season. But he's certainly not someone I would advise getting in. And I think, JB, it's probably the end of uh, Sean Higgins ever being in any of your super coach teams except for a draft league just because he's pretty much just not the primo option you expected him to be. Well, do you know who was a primo option in the forward line that you expected? Every man and his dog traded him in over Sean Higgins a few weeks ago. Tom J. Lynch, 58. He's still hovering around 400k. He's having a decent week followed by three very ordinary weeks. What has happened to the Lynch monster? Well, it's not that fair given it was raining very heavily for, you know, half the Collingwood (laughs) game. Um, It didn't suit any of the marking targets. I mean, you've got Jeremy Howe also down there. Um, only scoring a very pretty poor uh, 65 there weren't many marks in the whole game as well so I wouldn't I mean he didn't look fantastic I should say even though he wasn't given much of a chance but um, hopefully drier weather playing against a less superior team than Collingwood surely um, he'll be able to (laughs) turn up in the near future Pistol there aren't many less superior teams than Collingwood (laughs) yeah no that's probably fair (laughs) <laughs> Gary Ablett came back with a bang this week, scoring 159 and just kicking... Well, he kicked me in the guts because I traded him for Patrick Cripps when he was out and then Patrick Cripps went down and then I traded Patrick Cripps for Zorko after Zorko scored 190 and then Zorko scored 50. So thanks for that, guys. That was all because of you. And Trelaw bounced back to form with 116 this week. And then we scroll down, down, down the list and who used to be Scott Dependlebury is now Scott Dependlebury for a sub-ton pistol, 83, and some big news during the week. What's going on with Pendles? He actually had another child, JB. Oh, <laughs> it's been two weeks. Uh, very quick. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> actually, he did break um, a finger. He's had surgery, put a pin in the top of it, and he doesn't know the time frame, but he did use the words, I'd like to get back at some stage of the season back out there. Um, and he said, I'm not sure whether it's two, three, four, five-week injury. We'll have to play it by ear. But that doesn't sound great, JB. Anytime they say the words, I'd like to get back at some stage of the season, I mean, warning signs, bells ringing, every sort of thing. Um, it might be time, if you can, to trade Pendlebury. So is that what you're going on? You're hearing that and going, let's trade out. You think it's going to be two to four even weeks? Look, if I cared about just um, my league, I think I would hold because, you know, you get 
Um, it's not finals yet. You're getting close, but there's a couple rounds and you could see where he's at. Um, if you're playing for overall, if he's possibly going to miss the rest of the season, um, it might be just time to go, especially with a lot of other um, key players in doubt as well. You don't want to be copying, you know, one major, I mean, two major injuries um, or three major injuries to key players. Otherwise, you're going to be staring down the face of a donut later. It's like this comes up and surprises us every year, yet it happens every single year. Players just get injured at this time of the season, don't they, Pistol? We finally get comfortable with trades. We think this year, so many mid-prices have turned into premiums like Nank and... I mean, countless others. Hibbard was uh, turned into a premium. Uh, there's just a billion options that we turned into great picks, and we're still looking for trades because every man and his dog just likes to get injured at this time. I think was the Crips or well, Gaz and then Crips the first injuries that you had all season, JB? Um, forced the trade out. Yeah, I actually think they were. So nearly got through an entire season with no injury, and then obviously right at the end, as as usual, you just get hit bang, and there goes all the rest of your your saved trade stash. Right then we have Elliot Yo go down. We have on a Sunday, mind you, so nobody can change their loophole options. We have Pendles break his finger. We have Sloan not break a tag and then break his head. We have Rocky break his shoulder and then somehow break his football ability. We just have people going down left, right, and center. And I'm starting to think, considering we're in, we're going into what round 17 now, it's it's just beginning pistol. There's still five more rounds of this. Oh yeah, I mean we we are reviewing round 17 at the moment. I know we missed a week, but um, <laughs> we are going into round 18. Damn it! I knew I was <laughs> off. Anyway, we'll go on to the um, the Sydney Derby, and it was the Swans taking this one by 13 points. Pistol, I hadn't got a tip wrong until your mob, and I didn't get this one wrong either. Um, I know you're always interested. To, you ask me after the podcast when I don't mention them, so I'll mention them during. Um, Shane Mumford, 120 in this one. Been a really good POD for those um, that own him in the ruck. Been a little up and down, but he pulls out these 120s more often than not. Um, Franklin came back to form with 18 disposals, 8 marks, 4 goals for it. Really lit it up in that last quarter. Um, great to see from Franklin and compare him to his teammate Isaac Heaney. Only 18 disposals, but still cracked the ton. Just brilliant work by Heaney, and one of the better trading options in our forward lines pistol. Yeah, Heaney has just been solid um, pretty much all year. I'm always expecting him to slow down and get tired with that glandular, but look, Sydney are going to make finals. Um, I don't even think that's a big call anymore. Heaney's going to help them get there, and honestly, he's just going to keep scoring these 100s, you'd think, um, week in, week out. He's already averaging 100, um, so he looks to be just a great super coach player. I mean, I think the scoring system, everything, um, just suits him to a tee. I still struggle to comprehend that. Sydney are going to be in the finals. They were 0-6, Pistol. What is going on with this league? It's just such an even season, I guess. Anyone can win it, and it's a weirder feeling knowing that I kind of feel like it doesn't matter um, about the order anymore just for this season. It just matters if you make finals or if you don't make finals because if you're in finals, you've got a chance at winning the flag, whereas um, pretty much every other year, I'm like, you have to finish in the top four. But this year, it's just so even. Um, just feels like random teams are winning every single week. And, I mean, you look at Port Adelaide. They haven't beaten a top, four, uh, top eight side yet, yet they're in the top four. It is just amazing. Teams around each other. Just keep on bashing into each other, and it just helps teams like that rise. It's It's been an exceptional season. Fair to say, every single weekend has had at least four or five blockbusters in it, and it's just been awesome to see. 
Um, we'll move down the list in this game, and Callum Ward came back to form big time. 97 in this one. He's already up to 560k. Um, I did um, think about getting him in last week for Crips, but now he's probably too expensive for his risk, risk factor with all that midfield coming back together. Heath Shaw, 95 pistol. Um, he's had a few good weeks in a row now. Is Heath Shaw back? Is this a bit of luck? Is it what's going on with Heater? <laughs> You're not suggesting trading him back in, JB, are you? Maybe not trading him back in, but if you owned him still and you weren't getting any other injuries, maybe it's not too desperate to trade him out. Well, look, he, he still has a five-round average of 85, so um, it's a bit sus. He does have a three-round average of 90, which is better, but um, I wouldn't say he's back to his best, but he's at least back to a D6 spot. <laughs> Jeez, you, you're never the complimentary type um, Nick Newman just 64 but he's up to 430k who would have imagined that starting the season um, is it time to trade Newman a 64 after a not too flattering score last week either um, maybe time to bank in if you've got nothing else happening in your team which yeah. I find rare but yeah sure I mean he only had the 16 touches I mean um, he is playing still off the half-back. I think he's going to be a decent option. I'm not sure it's going to be worth the trades given every single player um, we own is pretty much getting injured right now, JB. Um, but if you do have you know seven-plus trades and Nick Newman on your field still, um, then yeah, you may as well just trade him to a Hurley or something like that um, for 100k. I think that will be a, a large amount of points per game difference. Yeah, I reckon that's a brilliant trade. You'll be earning um, quite a few points per game, I reckon. And then you look at the back line in this next game. It was Melbourne versus Crows. Michael Hibb and Rory Laird both going 120-plus. They're both obviously outstanding options and both around the similar price. Um, I dare say everyone owns Laird, but where do you put Hibbard in that Hurley conversation per se? Well, below <laughs> below him. Um, I, I think Hibbard's still a, a very good you know 95 average defender, which is um, you know, 5, 10 points better than Heath Shaw. So he's a solid uh, defender option, but... I think at this stage you're probably wanting to get the best of the best, um, so that would, you know, be Hurley. But at 474k for Hibbert, um, that's not a bad option if you need, you know, one last defender and you're struggling on cash. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Matt Crouch has been in great form all year. To be honest, he's had a great month specifically. 104 again this game. He's 578k, but he's been very, very consistent. And it doesn't. Well, no one's going to look to tag him considering he's such an in and under player like Rockliffe, to be honest. Would he be on your radar as someone that you'd finally trust enough to trade in, or is it just no Crouchy boys? Look, he has a five-round average of 116, a three-round average of 117. Um, he's been really good this year. He barely has a bad game at all, as you said. I think he's had something ridiculous like 14 games in a row at Adelaide Oval um, having more than 29 touches or or something like that so um, Crouch has definitely improved this year and I think if you want a safe option so someone that's not going to have a really low floor you know like a Zorko lately um, I think Crouch is definitely a solid option but at 578k you might want to get someone a bit more explosive like a Dusty Martin I'm not sure Crouch represents a captain's option and if you look down, um, Clayton Oliver, 95, he's 518k. Is he someone that you'd um, consider trading in if you didn't have as much cash? Or is it, I mean, this is merely talking to sellwood owners who have, say, Pendlebury, Sloan, or Rockliffe. Um, are they options? Look, he's an option, but I don't know if he's the best option. Um, five round average of 100 is definitely slowed down than from his early 
um, form, but he, he's still a decent option. I mean, I can't believe we're saying he's slowed down to 100 as a second-year <laughs> player, for God's sakes. Um, I think there's probably better value. 520k, you can buy Bont. 510k, you can buy Fife if you've <laughs> traded him out. Um, pro- I'd probably pick both of them above Clayton Oliver at this stage of the year. Yeah, no doubt. Um, apologies if you can hear the rain in the background. It is absolutely pouring pistol. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure that'll get picked up slightly, but it is pouring at my place. Um, Hugh Green with the 71 in this game. He's looking like great forward option or even midfield option if you've had to trade out all your coverage for these injured guns. Um, is he someone that you want to sit on or is he someone that you're going to... I mean, it's very situational, but... He, like, is there any point trading a Hugh Greenwood up to a, um, for example, a Joel Selwood for that M9 option? Well, if you have the trades, I'd go for it, definitely. Um, if you can get a primo on your M9, it just means you can loophole an option. Maybe you can avoid um, a Rockliffe or a Sloan or put them to your bench even. That would be fantastic. Um, the only problem is a lot of people need that DPP so that they can cover their forward line as well as their midfield. Greenwood seems to be... Um, somewhat very reliable DPP so I'm not sure he's someone I'd be looking to trade out this stage he's probably going to score or average about 80 85 maybe for the rest of the season I think that's good enough to to save a trade yeah definitely and a massive ruck battle in this one nine disposals three marks four tackles 42 hit outs and a goal versus 11 disposals two marks two tackles 31 hitouts and a goal. Neither of them scored over 60 pistol. What's going on with Gorn? And if you're in Jacobs, I'm not sure why. But what's going on with Gorn? <laughs> oh, look, I thought we... Look, I, I didn't think um, losing all of the Melbourne midfielders and Nathan Jones and finding would affect Gorn this much. I mean, obviously, in hindsight, he's not getting those hitouts to advantages, so he's not scoring those five um, points every time. And, you know, if um, the opposition midfielders are sharking his hitouts, then he's losing points for that as well. So it's not great news for Max Gorn. He's got a break even of 146. He's going to drop even more. Um, you probably pick him up for 450k if you want him. Hopefully, Jones and Viney are back sometime soon if you already have him you kind of just have to hold down and hope for the best at least he's doing better than Steph Martin kind of well he's only just doing better than Sloan he's 460k with a 134 break even he's not even worth looking at for a trade in option anymore his average has gone all the way down to 106 after being at a ridiculous 130 uh, during the season I'm, I'm trying to find what his highest average was i he was at, yeah, he was definitely at 130 for a few weeks there. 132 even. He's down to 106 pistol. He Is he just someone that you have to trade out, especially if he's out this week? He's not good anymore. Uh, it's very tough. I think if he is your only problem, so you don't have a Pendlebury and you don't have a Rockliffe, uh, then I probably would... If, if you have the trades as well, like obviously if you've got, you know, less than four trades, I probably wouldn't bother um, trading Sloan. But look, he's got a five-round average of 75. Obviously he got concussed, but he wasn't even doing well before the concussion, JB. Um, it's very tough when you're looking at somebody with the quality of Sloan just putting out average score after average score after average score. I'd lead to trading him, especially if you're chasing overall. If you're going for league, I'd probably hold. It's very painful having... Sloan and Rockcliffe are in my side at the moment. It's, I think this week he's also um, he's more likely not to play than play. He's in major doubt because they said he, um, they couldn't go through the normal concussion protocols. So 
is going to be benched as well. And at this moment, most people have Witherden outscoring Sloan on the bench. So you're, it's, you're basically a world of hurt if you're a Sloan owner. And I think you should get rid of him if you have the trades. And if you don't, you just got to suck it up and hope for the best. Yeah, it is unfortunate, but he's just gone from bad to worse uh, as the season's progressed. And to be fair, he, he caught the tag this week, but last week he didn't even get the tag and he failed to turn up. So it's just not looking great at all for Sloaney. Um, this game was um, touted as the game that ruined every super coach's dreams of a decent score this week. Um, players like Cochran and Rewalt did great, whoop de doo um, Dustin Martin got up to 111 after only having, I think he had something like 11 to half time pistol. Um, we were watching his score just rocket up, at just a crazy second half, but he showed exactly what he could do. If he puts that together for a whole game, that's his 140 plus easily. Um, with it and with 109, and he doesn't even look like great cover pistol. They find him out of the back line. Would you now go to the length of making him your on-field player and Rockcliffe slash Sloan your M9. Oh, I mean, if you can loophole with it and with Sloan, that's probably the the goal this week. I wish um, I, I, we had recommended it to, to most people. I mean, Witherden just looks like an outstanding player. Another 28 touches for him. He's absolute gold. I would strongly consider playing him above players like Rockcliffe, which is insane to me, JV. Um I don't even know how you can... It, the problem is, you're going to do it, and Rockliffe's going to score 200 that week. It's just going to happen, JV. Well, we will move down the list a little bit, and yeah, you, you just know Rockliffe will go 200 as soon as you bench him. Um, we'll go down the list a bit. Toby Nankovic, 94. Now, it's such a strange game. 18 disposals, 4 marks, 2 tackles, 2 frees against, only 14 hitouts. Ivan Soldo was playing almost exclusively in the ruck, and Nankovic was just taking some forward stoppages um, and just not doing a whole lot else in the centre. A really strange game, but great to see him still hit that 94 with Soldo in the game. Yeah, it is really strange. Um, Soldo was good enough. I'm not sure if he'll retain um, a spot on the side, so it's a wait and see. I, I would be very worried as a Nank owner if Soldo's the number one ruck for the rest of the year and Nank's only going to be rucking in the forward half. Even though he did score well against Brisbane, you know, it's against Brisbane, so um, you can't <laughs> take too much from that. If you have to play him for the rest of the year as your F6, um, I would definitely be very worried. Yeah, especially if Soldo does stay in that team. Stefan Martin, just the 86 without um, Archie Smith, speaking of second rucks. Um, Alex Rance was way down on form the 66. I don't think he's the player that we thought um, he was from a few years ago. He's just very inconsistent, always goes into that lockdown role when um, called upon. And in this instance, it wasn't really down his side of the field too often. Now, we get to the nitty-gritty. 14 disposals, 6 marks, 4 tackles. 14 disposals from Tom Rockcliffe, the disposal machine. And then uh, Zorko, 11 disposals, 4 tackles, 1 goal, 1. How do two of the most dominant players of getting the ball combine for 25 disposals? It is fair to say Zorko was getting tagged, which we now know he can't actually deal with at all. It's funny. They just did Zorko never get tagged in his entire career with you know beams ahead of him. I mean Zorko obviously taking this game to another level this year. Now he's just getting fewer and fewer disposals. It's insane. Eleven touches. Rockcliffe at fourteen. It just screams to me something is wrong. I think he's averaged like twenty two or so um, after his shoulder injury and like thirty before that. So. 
he's hurting really bad. I assume he's going to have surgery in the off-season. If he can make it there, if it gets even worse, he might miss the end of the season because um, he's going to need, need fixing up. He's just... It's painful. JB, let me ask you a question. If you have Sloan and Rockliffe and you had to trade out one of them this week, who would you trade out? Oh, it's so difficult. Um, I feel like Rockliffe has more of a chance to turn his season around as... He's as injury-induced, and surely he just gets better every week. I know he's obviously not at the moment. But, um, I mean, man, it's difficult because Sloan is just getting tagged every single week because Crows are a little bit worse when it happens. So why wouldn't you do it? So he's. I don't think Sloan turns up for the rest of the year. I mean, honestly, I feel like Rockcliffe kind of could. Um, and then it's helped by the fact that Sloan might actually miss this week with concussion as well. <laughs> I actually think I would lean towards training out Rockliffe. I mean, 14 touches, JB. If Sloan gets 14 touches, I mean, he probably scores a 65 compared to a 57. <laughs> it's <laughs> oh, wicked. <laughs> it's it's a, Sloan then. Look, it's a low bar. I'll admit it's a low bar. But Rockliffe has now a five-round average of 71. Um it's just not good enough. Um, you can't even afford many players for him. If you can get Selwood at that cheap price for him, I feel like that's a massive upgrade. He's absolutely killing me, JB. He's killing a lot of people. It's almost Why did we time. trade him in? It's almost time to get rid of Rockliffe. I don't think you you can really. You've invested in him, traded him in. You're hoping he pops out of 200, but I can't see it happening. He looks completely shot. His shoulder's done. Uh, I'm massively worried about having him for the rest of the season. Zorko, not too much. I assume he's going to bounce back. He loves playing at the Gabba, so lock him in for 150 at the Gabba. Away from the Gabba, maybe he's going to get tagged and score sub-60, but I doubt this happens many times for the rest of the year. As soon as Dangerfield got his injury and he limped off and I thought he was done for the season, let alone the night, um, I was like, all right, it's cool. I've got Zorko as my backup. I can just chuck the captaincy on him. Thank you, Dangerfield. Oh, my Lord. If, oh, if Dangerfield stayed away, I know he would have killed a lot of coaches that used their VC prior to that. I think he was only on 18 or 20 at the time. But, my Lord, if he went off and I got Zorko's 50, oh, I just I don't think I could have lived with myself, Pistol. Oh, you probably still would have outscored me this week, so uh, you're doing all right then. Okay, yeah, you're probably right. I'll, I'll go with that. Um, we'll jump into the next game. It was Carlton versus the Bulldogs. Jack McRae, 124. Brilliant forward option. It's too bad he probably won't retain it for next year. Matthew Cruiser, 120. Um, I mean, they were always 100k apart, Cruiser and um, Gorn, so it's not really a fair comparison. But if you were choosing between the two at any stage in the last month, you'd be kicking yourself if you had picked Gorn if you had the money for Cruiser. Bonds and Pelly, 120, which is uh, great for those who own him. Great return to form. 30 touches, two goals, everything that you want from the Bond. Um, Sam Doherty, 106. He went backwards for a quarter there. I think he dropped seven points just for dropping out of the game, pretty much. Not what you want to see, but he's literally probably the most reliable player in your team if he's not Dangerfield or if you own Tom Mitchell. And then we scroll down a bit. Bryce Gibbs, 96, was looking like a great POD, but has dropped off just a little bit as he um, as he does every now and then. And then there wasn't a whole lot of relevance in this one, Pistol. At 87 from Johannesson. He's 350k. 
Uh, is there any sort of any sort of inkling to getting Johansson? No. I don't think, <laughs> if you have a trade, I don't think I would be wasting it on Johansson unless it's getting out of my team. <laughs> oh, he just got 87. He's back. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's back after one game. Um, I'm more worried about Dalhouse, a 76, 435k, a five-round average of 82. He He's not looking unbelievable, is he, JB? Do you know what he's doing? He plays super coach himself. He's approached Bevo. He's gone Bevo. We're not making the finals this year. Chuck me up in the forward line. I want to retain that forward status. Let's give these super coaches something, something to be thankful for at the end of the season. Um, but in all honesty, he had 29 touches, three marks, four tackles. That is by no means a bad game. And 76 just means he was inefficient with the footy or, or kicking backwards predominantly. He gave away zero frees, and um, although he didn't get on the scoreboard like he usually does, it was all around a pretty good game for Dowhouse. I wouldn't be too concerned. Um, I especially wouldn't be concerned considering he's owned by such uh, a large population of the uh, competition. But it isn't ideal seeing one of your most reliable forwards drop below 100 soft and pistol. No, I mean, he's in 100,000 teams, and... So whatever he does, it doesn't really affect anybody. I'm sure everyone has Dalhouse. But next year, if he does retain forward status, it'll be interesting to see if people start with him, especially if he ends the year averaging sub-85. Um, people's forward lines next year are going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, no doubt. And that brings us to Fife's life. The man that just resigned for another six years, I believe I read. 126... He had 30 disposals, 4 marks, 6 tackles. He was everywhere pistol. Those who traded 5 out, I can't believe I'm saying this, do they look at him as a major option for the Pendlebury injury? <laughs> I think you have to. I mean, he's looked unbelievable in the last two weeks. I think he, he's probably over that um, injury he had in his sternum um, where it was a bit sore for a pretty much most of the season. He scored 139, 126 uh, this week. The contested ball is um, what I've been looking at. Is He's got so much of it um, in the last two weeks. I think he's back to his best, JB. It's ridiculous. He's 510k. Although, if you do want a sneaky POD, I am looking at his teammate over here, JB. It's not Lockie Neal. I'm talking about Connor Blackley. He's 540k. Five-round average of 110. He actually has now a 10-game average of 110. So pretty much since moving to this midfield role, he's averaged 110. 540K has been very, very consistent as well, um, really having a bad game. He's looking like quite a decent option as well. He's in 0.5% of teams. You have Dalhouse in 100,000 teams. You have Connor Blakely in 992 teams. Um, maybe something sneaky for if anyone wants a POD for the run home for their finals. But <laughs> other than that, Nat five back to form. I think he said he resigned for six years, so he's out now, not playing for six years. Is that right? I think I said re-signed. Oh, okay. Just, just wanted to make that clear. Sorry. <laughs> we always get correct on that, and then I end up having to spend half an hour talking to our admins about the difference of resigned and re-signed. <laughs> Uh, it can be a shocking mistake. Um, one hyphen can make a big difference. Um, and I wish I could show you my screen right now because I actually opened up to Connor Blakely waiting for you to finish on the five question. Um, and then we're just going to go straight into him. So shows that we both rate him. He just looks like a brilliant option. And he's scoring those 120s frequently um, and not dropping below. 
But as you mentioned earlier, Lockie Neal, 113, um, just a very consistent performer now, um, as with Merritt, as we mentioned earlier. Um, if you're deciding between the two, it's a win-win situation at the end of the day. So great to see from them. And not a whole lot going on in this game, Pistol. Just um, not many not many owned players in the derbies. Um, Luke Ryan, 67. He had 20 disposals and 7 marks. He actually looked really good. Um, if you had him and Scharenberg and had to trade out one for the cash, which one would you be holding on to as your D7? I'd definitely be holding on to Luke Ryan. I just think his job security is very good. He looks like a good young player. They're going to give him games, and he's scoring pretty well in Supercoach as well. Scharenberg, obviously, job security issues. I think his scoring potential is a bit iffy, is those highs and lows, which is okay, um, but if I had to just pick one, it'd be Luke Ryan every day of the week. JB, I do want to say, you keep saying Lockie Neal and Zach Merritt, both good options, which is true, but one has quite significantly, I'd say quite significantly outscored the other one, um, and that would be Merritt in the last couple of weeks probably has Neil by, you know, 50 or so points. Just want to make that clear. Yeah, to be honest, Bombers are playing exceptional football, so... Yep, I'll, I'll admit when I'm wrong, Merritt has a slight buffer on him, but it just takes one game pistol, or as you know, one week, to drop down the rankings. Yes, thank you for for reminding me. <laughs> just made sure I went with a reference you'd understand. Um, Alright, so that does our round recap. Usually right now we hit up a, um, a real talking point, but I've got three for you. Pendlebury, Sloan, Rockcliffe. What are we doing with these players? We did speak briefly about them earlier. Uh, just just a little little bit from you, Pistol. Are we trading these men out of our team? Are they untrustworthy? Do they need to go? Well, let's just throw in um, Dangerfield and Yo quickly, just because uh, injury concerns, and just quickly run through, I think, uh, all of that. Dangerfield, do you think he plays this week? Yes or no? He's in the moon boot at the moment. Yeah, I think everyone's in a moon boot during the week. It's it's a precautionary thing. I think Dane Swan spent a week in the moon boot. And when they when they asked him about it, he he said it's like wearing a thong to him now. He just wears it after every single week. Um, it's very precautionary. I think Dangerfield definitely plays. I wouldn't be too stressed out about it. And Elliot Yo knee soreness. Um, I did read online that they think he's going to have a fitness test and play. They're they're hopeful of that. So. Fingers crossed uh, Elliot Yeo plays this week. Back to your original question. Pendlebury, <laughs> Rockcliffe, and Sloan. If you have all of them, um, which I know quite a few people would, you're in trouble, firstly. Uh, so my apologies. I'm in the same boat as well. And it's a sinking <laughs> ship. Oh, I think you've got to make a, a trade on one of them. I feel like Pendlebury is probably going to be out for... I mean, he is a notoriously quick heel, I should say. I think he um, fractured his leg and came back two weeks early on in his career, very early on in his career. Um, so my gut says if you are in a position for overall, I probably would trade him. But otherwise, I think he could be back in two or so weeks. But, you know, it's a gamble. He might not play again for the rest of the season. Depends who your cover is as well, because you'd be holding To be him. fair, <clears throat> he was in really bad form as it was. Yes, and it also depends on your cover. I mean, if you have no cover or you've got your loopholing, uh, maybe you've got Greenwood or, or something, um, I'm not sure you want Greenwood as a permanent midfield option for the rest of the year, or at least for a couple of weeks. Sloan, 
I would lean my we've we've talked about this. You're more in the camp of keep Rockcliffe, trade Sloan. I'm more in the camp of trade Rockcliffe, keep Sloan. Um, I think my theory behind it is Adelaide pretty much need to win all the games they can to guarantee a top two spot and Sloan is going to keep getting tags but I feel like he can at least push the 90 mark um, whereas Rockcliffe really looks like a sub 80 player at this stage and I do think he's going to miss weeks towards the end of the year if he does have um, shoulder surgery as well so for me that's why I'd be leaning that way it's uh, a problem when you have both if you're looking for cheap trading options Selwood is obviously I think the top of our lists, I'd say, JB, at that price. Yeah, he has to be the top of everyone's list. The only thing that he's done wrong this year, um, besides a few sub-tons, which literally every single midfielder by Danny Field has done, um, is have that concussion. And that's the reason why he's cheap. It's not due to bad form. Um, he caught that head knock. That, uh, I just You can't look anywhere else. He's such, a, such an upgrade from these players that we're speaking about now that it's not even funny. And then you've got um, other cheap players... Like Fife, like Neil, um, and then you get a bit more expensive when you get to the the Dusty Martin range. But he's still five seventy k seems a fair price for Dustin Martin. Um, Kelly is at five eighty eight. He seems like a very good option this year. I think um, anyone else you'd uh, suggest trading in that we haven't really talked about, JB? Well, let's move around that um, that cheapish sh- uh, section, the one that. Um Fife is in the the five sort of ten category. Um, we've got players such as I mean Brad Ebert had two. Um, just, I mean I'm looking at PODs here for people that don't have the uh, the ultimate cash to go up to a, an insta insta gun. Um, Brad Ebert had two weeks of uh, fifty scores back to back fifties, back to back fifty eight to be exact. Other than that, he's been extremely consistent. One forty eight, one fifteen in these last two. Um, it just really only I think he's only had five sub tons um, and they're all around 87 to 95 mark 477k I think he pre- um, he shows extreme value um, Bond only 520k as well he looks like he's jumped back into form he's a little risky for me because um, he can just have these random games where he scores 80 or 70 which he's he's enjoyed doing over the last month um, side bottom pistol what about him Side bottom, definitely an option if Pendlebury's out. Um, you can bank on side bottom, I guess, being as involved as he's been lately, which has been, he's been, I guess, one of our better players for the year. Um, I think Ollie Wines also, 491k, he's going to average probably 102 flat um, for the rest of the season, but it's better than nothing, better than kicking the pants, I guess. And Trelaw, 508, probably averages about the same as, as Wines. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are some great options. I think it's that time of year where you just you start getting a little bit creative um, with your money and just who who you're going to trade in now. Especially if you're going for ranking, you're at a point where it's um, it's pretty much YOLO, um, and you just want to sort of throw in a point of difference. Have fun with it. Look at a player that you you like watching. Um, I mentioned Clayton Oliver earlier at 518k. We know what his um, ceiling is, so. Um, he's an exceptional player. Gaff is extraordinarily consistent. I mean, he's not going to score too many huge games, but he's not going to go too um, too low either. 98 average, 104 three-round, 105 five-round. So um, he's always around that 100 mark. There are a few players that, if you, if you haven't owned before, there's there's no harm in trying them out. Um, Parker's another one 
who looked like he came into form. Three-round average of 107. He faltered a bit this week with an 84, but... Um, it's, I think it's I think it's about the the round where if you if you wanted to have a bit of fun with it, you could put your eggs in one basket and just really um, go with the point of difference option. And I guess that's pretty much depends uh, on your ranking, what your goals are. If you want to have fun for the rest of the year, as as you said, I guess you can try out some players if you want. Maybe see if they're worthwhile selections in your next year. Obviously, if you've got a certain target that you're trying to reach go with um, maybe the safer option like a side bottom or a fife. If not, have a bit, have a bit of fun. If you're going for your league as well, sometimes the fun options. Um, give a good laugh in the, the finals when you, you've come up and you've pretty much only got two differences between you and your, your top opponent. Um, it's a bit of fun just cheering on a, a random player anyway. So, yeah, basically, community, hopefully you've had a couple of decent weeks. Sorry again that we were both unwell last week. Um, a bit of the flu, but that's uh, pretty much past now. And looking forward to the remaining rounds of the season. Was there any uh, donations in the Cancer Council before we sign off for your pistol? A uh, good spot. Um, Dylan N said, "Donate for donuts." Thank you, Tony. Gr- to- Tony. Tony Green. Um, that is now going to be his name, Tony Green. Um, <laughs> so appreciate the donation, Dylan. Uh, sorry about your donut. Uh, I'll be joining you with a donation this week as well. Uh, for the Elliot Yo. So I imagine most people are going to get a Yo Nut, as you called it, and uh, we would <laughs> love a pledge for the Donate for Donuts. It's still running. Um, we'll link the Cancer Council link in the Facebook post, SoundCloud post, and pretty much every post, JB. Yep, definitely. And I think that just about wraps us up if you've got no more closing words, Pistol. Well, you can always contact us if you have any questions. Um, I think we answered pretty much all of them last week. Um, D-R-S-C-P-O-D at gmail.com. Yep, and definitely comment on the Facebook post for an immediate uh, comment back. Obviously, you find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Android, and um, all the other outlets that were randomly on, which we're not even aware of. And that will do us for the week, I think, Pistol. Thank you very much for joining me. We'll be back for the Thursday one. Um, Well, you and Cheezo will be back, I presume. Um, have a great week community have a great week thank you